1: Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I hope everybody enjoyed yesterday's episode, which was part one of my crossover episode with Chris Massilli of Lockdown Avalanche. Uh, We had a great time doing that and putting that together. Uh, Like I said on yesterday's episode uh, at the start, that it was a conversation that was originally planned for about maybe 30 to 45 minutes ended up turning into two hours of just two guys just geeking out over the sport they love and that's the game of hockey and you know I had a really good time and we we already said at the end of it after we stopped recording that we were already wanting to sit down for another session to do it and God knows how long that's gonna you know last for (laughs) maybe it could go for maybe four hours we'll have to see um at that time but you know i had a really good time like i said uh speaking to chris uh, about all these topics and today we're going to be doing part two so strap in uh brew up that cup of coffee and hope you enjoy this part so here's part two of my conversation with chris massilli alex Kalorn, i mean has been he's just catapulted his his season, his his status with yeah. this team to a whole other level. He's really taken upon, you know, because when you're losing Stamkos, you're not only losing a a guy who, if he played more games, he, I firmly believe he he would be Ovechkin level in terms of, because they have similar playing styles other than maybe you give the edge to Stamkos in terms of facilitating the puck and playmaking abilities. So if you lose a guy like that, you're also losing your captain. So yeah. at that point in time, you know, we were, the team, Every all Lightning fans, our minds were okay, we're not gonna have Stamkos possibly until the conference finals. That's if they make it that far. Now, even with him being out of the lineup, Ausklorin, like I said, Anthony Sorelli has been insane. He's one of those guys that where, you know, he still has some he's been with the team for a while. Um he's one of the he's I would say the best he's prime Carl Haglin in terms of playing ability. Okay. Uh speed is insane. He's the he will force a turnover in the neutral zone and turn it into a breakaway in the blink of an eye. So he definitely has that ability to pressure the puck along the boards and fight for that. Um, the one thing that's going to be interesting uh, going forward, especially with the lightning is how are they going to deal with the physicality in terms of the playoff intensity? Cause granted there is no crowds, um, but there's still going to be guys being you know chippy with each other. Like we normally see in the, in in the playoffs and no, the lightning no, no. have the, the Lightning have struggled with that all year. And that's why they acquired Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman and signed that Be- Zach Bogosian, um, you know, cause Patrick Maroon couldn't do it all by himself. You know, Zach, Zach Maroon is a feisty guy, but he's not exactly, you know, a big guy. Right. Um, and it, we finally saw it all come together during that last Boston series where they played a home and a home. And um, there was like, I think like as soon as Pierre Maguire, said you know this lightning team is soft I think like three fights broke out where <laughs> lightning players were going after Bruins players and um is there a guy like that on the avalanche where his style of play uh his his level of physicality is really going to make a difference for you guys uh I would have to say uh
0: Cadre yeah Kadri Cadre yeah. was uh, an animal in Toronto yeah years. they they brought him up because they 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 needed that you know they they have like those one or two one one or two guys that uh you know can can really get in there and mix it up if they need to but they didn't have they didn't have that really on the front end um and trading for him kind of really really turned the tide in terms of like uh you're not you're not gonna really mess with certain people and mm-hmm. That happened against the Rangers. They were playing the Rangers. Uh, God, I can't remember who put a hit on one of our guys. And I, I can't remember who the hit was on. It might have been Donskoy who got hit. Could be wrong on that. Actually, it, I
1: think I was watching that game. I think it was possibly D'Angelo. It was, it was definitely, yes, yeah.
0: it was. You're right. Yep. And um, it was just a filthy hit. Kadri went almost the length of the ice to – throw down with this guy and yeah. that i'm not saying that wouldn't have happened in the past but um it was almost like when it happened you were like where is Kadri <laughs> yeah get it like go go avenge this and he stood right up he didn't even care um so yeah he he's kind of like like uh an enforcer without having to really have the title of an enforcer yeah but um he he's, he's one of those guys when he's on your team, you like him.
1: Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's like a Milan Lucic, you know, you yeah. hate him when he's on the other side of the ice, but you right. love him when he plays for you.
0: Exactly. Um, I had a, a question for you because you were, you were talking about injuries and stuff like that. And I know this year anyway, the the lightning didn't really get off to the best of starts was it injury related or was it just, they just got off to a slow start?
1: It was a combination of both. I mean, at that point in time there, I, I believe it was just Ruta that was kind of being plagued by injury. Other, other than that, I think everyone was pretty much healthy at that point in time. Um, there Did was a think lot. It
0: was maybe like a hangover. Yeah. From the playoffs. Yeah. And...
1: I, that's the thing, you know, a lot of people were saying and was running through my mind is, um, could this have been a hangover? And, you know, I, I stress it so much on my show that the clock is ticking for this team, um, for this core group, because granted, you know, Vasilevsky only 25, but Stamkos just turned 30 and he's injury prone. So he might have kind of like a shortened Paul Korea type career um, in that respect. Uh, and then, you know, McDonough, even though he's got a ton of years left on his contract, he's not exactly a spring chicken at all either. Um, So it's one of those things where you know it was it was you were definitely in full panic mode um, in the first two seasons, especially Mm -hmm. how this team was playing, and it was right. It's it's such a relief now that, uh, especially you know, they did get lucky. I'll I'll give them that. Like if if they went in, if this team went into the playoffs during under normal circumstances, we could have definitely have seen a first round exit just because of Stamkos being gone, McDonough banged up, Ruda not knowing if you're going to get him back to full you know capacity and then Hedman was also hurt as well um so it was just you know it was the perfect storm at the worst time but mm-hmm. yeah um I actually came out on my show uh I've, and I've changed my mind a thousand times just because I don't want I don't want I don't want karma to come back and bite us in the ass but I definitely don't want to play Columbus now um oh I, come on man you got to <laughs> I'm hoping you need to avenge that. I'm hoping the only the only way I was fully on board at one point. I was I was on the campaign for the longest time on my show when Columbus was still in the Hub City Talk that as long as Columbus if they play the games in Columbus, I want the Blue Jackets. I want them 100%. Okay. But now we're in Toronto, it doesn't really mean as much um, okay to play either of those guys. I mean, I think though if the Lightning were to get paired up with any team uh, in their first best of seven series, it'd probably be Toronto would be their best pick just because they even though they didn't win the season series against them, um, they match up so well. They're very somewhat similar uh, teams in their playing style. Granted, it's kind of scary to look online uh, and see, I believe, Marner, Bear and Matthews are now all playing on the same line. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a scary. It looks like an all star team at that okay. point, First line. But I think that, you know, when you're rolling into a playoff series with the best goalie who's been in the Vezina talk for the last three years and he's only 25 and it doesn't take much for Vasilevsky to get hot, um, regardless if it's Columbus or Toronto or even a a Pittsburgh or whomever we play. I think they're, you know, it's their, it's their playoff series to, to lose really at that point. Um. You know, there's, they have high high expectations, but I mean, if we have to play Columbus, so be it. I, I would just, you know, I think anyone would watch that series just to see what to hear, what Torts is yelling, especially with no fans. (laughs) (laughs) He flat out, I don't know if you saw it, he flat out (laughs) said when they asked him if he cared if there was, you know, there was going to be more clarity to what he said on the bench. He said, I really don't give a shit. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Which was great. So I, you know, at the same time, I don't want, there to be the storyline well we've lost this team two years in a row now Mm -hmm. what and then Mm -hmm. then overreact and dismantle some of it because really you know they need to make a deep playoff run because at the end of the day coach cooper is kind of in the hot seat um you think so (laughs) yeah i mean i when i had eric erlandson on i threw him that question um eric thinks that you know even though it's not really a big thing if they don't make a deep run there's going to be some eyes on Cooper and they might be forced to, if not this year, maybe pull the plug next year if maybe they get off to a slow start. So, oh, like, like
0: during the season? Yes. Yes, Ooh, like, man. Oh, yeah, so that's one of the things where... See, that, that's it, always... I mean, that's touchy because you're almost telling your team in a like roundabout right way now or, or, or you're giving your up. Coach. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and <laughs> but, but at the same time, it's, you know, the, he has everything he needs to win a cup um he definitely did last year uh especially after the the season Nikita Kucherov had but I mean it's just one of those things where they're just going to need you know like I said I mean Boston and in Tampa Bay it's their it's their conference they should be playing each other in the conference finals if not one of them did something very wrong and mm-hmm. a lot of eyes are going to be on that
0: team and I hope it's not Tampa yeah um <laughs> Now, why what, did the uh, – why did Tampa – I think they were one of two teams that did not want this playoff format. It was them in Carolina, I believe. Was um, there a reason? I mean, did they ever say why they didn't I want think
1: I think with Carolina, it was more so because – I mean, you could ask Rangers host John Chick. I actually spoke to him about this uh, a week or two ago, and – the Rangers own Carolina. They swept them all year and they didn't only sweep them. They beat them very badly in each game. So I guess I could see why, like, I guess under the, the, yeah. the bracket, they yeah. knew that they were going to get paired up with New York. So that was kind of right, right. their defense with the lightning. I don't understand why they wouldn't have won it. Cause like we stated earlier, I mean, we've had a ton of injuries this year and it, you know, the more games you have under your belt that where you could kind of play around with some things, I think the better. Like, this is yeah. something that none of us have ever seen before. Um, is could you think of a reason as to why maybe a team wouldn't want something like this?
0: None. Especially especially if you're a top four team. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Not if you're a top four team. I, it really, I mean, you're, you're getting three, they're not exhibition games, but they're just for seeding. And then when you're, playoffs really start it's kind of like business as usual yeah nothing really changes so i don't get it from a standpoint of where someone like tampa bay is sitting that they wouldn't want it um yeah i mean carolina that just sounds like you're afraid of a team which is just a a, you know that sounds yeah and, (laughs) and part of it is they made that trade they made with the rangers for brady shea was
1: just i think that they got robbed
0: I don't even um, remember. I remember them trading for him. But I remember what they the, the They gave up – They gave up, like, Brady Shea, he should be – Honestly, he
1: should be kind of, like, on the bubble for the Norris Trophy talk. And hmm. at this point in his career of, like, how things were going. And just from what I saw and from what I heard from John Chick, it seemed like he just fell off the table. Yeah. Um, As the season went, and the Rangers – they just cashed in on him at the right time because hmm. Carolina was desperate for another defenseman and they were willing to deal him. And I believe the Rangers got a pretty high draft pick because of that. Really? So yeah, mm-hmm. it's one of those. And I believe that um, I'm not sure if they resigned him, but they were definitely getting a b- some money off the books for that. Okay. So yeah. Um, but yeah, like Tampa, I don't understand um, why they would not want this unless they thought, they were gonna have unless they didn't think they were getting a round robin, unless they thought they were maybe gonna have to play. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I, I don't, unless I don't,
0: yeah, I don't think it was uh completely fleshed out on what the playoff would be uh when the voting came. So that that could be that could be um that there was no round robin at the time of the vote, and it was just we all gotta, you know, we're starting, everybody's doing a five game playoff or a seven game however it was going to be. That that could be the case. I don't remember the time frame, but
1: Yeah, I believe that I believe actually if they did like one to twelve without Ron Robin, I believe Tampa actually probably would have gotten paired up with the Rangers. I don't see, you know, they, they play they played well against the Rangers yeah. all season. So it's not like, you know, we're getting paired up with a team that owns us. But right. yeah, I mean, Tampa is just when it comes to certain decisions, it's very, it's, it's sometimes a head scratcher. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. I I think they're in a prime position. If, if, you know, they, they're already a great team, you know, the fact that now that they have even more time and less mileage to get to the Stanley cup finals, I think is a blessing and a godsend. Right. And, and I think out of the Western Western conference, do you think that maybe the round robin, matchups kind of give other teams a certain advantage do you think that will give benefit more to like a Vegas and a Dallas because we all know how good St. Louis is Um, you know they're they're an incredible team but now that you know they're getting extra games do you think that's like they're going to be like this 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 monster that's just going to run through the playoffs
0: I I mean if a team benefited from the season being halted it's St. Louis because they were struggling. They, they were going through a stretch of not playing good hockey. Uh, Avalanche were right on their heels. They, they finished two points back from them when the season was stopped. Everybody was looking forward to the last game of the season. Uh, it was scheduled between the two of them. And I think a lot of people were thinking that's going to be a battle for the top seed obviously things didn't work out that way um so i think st louis is is you know i'm not saying they're happy that the season had to stop but uh they benefited from it because they can kind of just take a break i mean this is a long break for everybody but um they'll be they'll be interesting to to see how they come out um because we were talking about tampa bay kind of coming out of the gates a little bit slow um St. Louis typically doesn't do that. The Avalanche haven't done. The Avalanche have started seasons the past couple of years very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know. I, I'm I'm happy <laughs> that the the stars are involved in this round robin tournament because the Avalanche could not figure them out this year. Really, and if you know, going back to our conversation earlier about a matchup that would scare you if dallas was in this qualifying round i would want to avoid them the Avalanche could figure them out i don't you know, know it's, why
1: it's so weird that the the stars and it, it maybe it was just happenstance i was i happened to be at a game that they played this year too as well they were playing the devils and the one thing that stuck out to me about the stars and i was actually going to ask you that as well and maybe that's kind of this ties in obviously with what you just said is that their style of play is so it's such a strange boring. Yeah, it's so (laughs) boring. It's it's kind of the best way to describe it is in the in basketball, let's hold the let's hold the ball until we hit five seconds on the shot clock. Oh and then then shoot a high percentage shot. It's it's like the I at certain points during this game you know, granted, you're at a live hockey game. I was just like, "What are they doing?" Like, you know, it was one time where I wish like they had a certain. You know, I, I wanted to see the time of possession, like puck possession, yeah. for Dallas because it was just, it would just seem like they would pass, 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 and then either turn it over and just play lockdown defense and just wear out the other team, or they would just take these high percentage shots right in front, which was like, you know, because they, I mean, they have they have Ben who has won a scoring title in the past, but Mm -hmm. you know, nothing, he never really evolved from anything other than maybe that one season. And then you have Sagan who has turned from this goal scorer into kind of like a facilitator to where I don't understand why he's not shooting more. And if he is, it's very, he seems like he doesn't want to shoot. Um. And then it's just kind of like turns into the Ben Bishop show. Is that maybe they, it seems like they just choke the other team out until they just can't breathe anymore. And that's when they strike. Yeah,
0: that's a pretty good analogy there. They, I mean, another team that's like that uh, is, is Arizona. Um, Mm. I think Arizona when they went out and um, got, uh, what's his name from the devils? Taylor, Taylor, (laughs) Taylor Hall. Um, because they needed offense. Yeah, I know Flat out. They needed offense. Um, but yeah, Dallas is, they just put you to sleep and that's their, their, that's what, like you said, like that's when they strike it because of this you know season halting there's been a lot of uh games on like the nhl network yeah classic games from like the 80s and like early 90s and stuff like that when the game was a little bit slower Mm -hmm. that's how they play yeah they they play purposely play
1: slow that's a perfect way of describing it. it's like old school hockey it is Um, and that's just like it's just one of those things where do you see maybe with the long layoff lay off some teams maybe changing their style do you think like the avalanche are going to kind of go in a different direction with how they approach playing or do you think they're just going to back to the go back to the same old thing
0: um i i think again i think this will go back to using the round robin games as yes we want to win them and you know let's use these to get our legs back and and see what direction we are heading because the avalanche are a fast team. They play fast and to, to kind of go out there and just shoot yourselves right out of the can and right out of the gate, you might see an uptick in injuries again because Mm -hmm. they're not, uh, you know, middle of the season conditioned yet and Mm -hmm. you don't have time to play around here. Cause if you, if you kind of just ease back into game shape, uh, you lost four games in your home. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they're they going to be a really interesting th- team. And, and Dallas, on the other end, they're probably liking this because their style of play really doesn't lend themselves to getting hurt. Uh, where the Avalanche and a lot of teams through the NHL, because it's a fast, fast game now, um, and obviously you see a lot of injuries, the Avalanche are definitely one of those teams. So, uh, yeah, I, I am concerned about it. Um, but, you know, I, I think they have proven throughout this year that, yeah, if guys get hurt, and you said earlier about Tampa Bay, the whole next man up mentality, that has been, that has been the rallying cry for the Avalanche this year. So mm-hmm. if they do get hurt, they are, they are a very, very deep team mm-hmm. um, with who's on the roster right now and guys in their AHL division the the pool um so out of
1: all the players that because the lightning brought up a number of i guess you could say their go-to ahl call-ups all season who is the guy maybe on um the avalanche that has been brought up to that roster kind of like that player pool where they won't necessarily be playing in these playoff games but if someone gets hurt their number might be called
0: um, probably the one that has played the most and he's not like a, he's a little guy. Uh, his name's TJ Tynan. Mm-hmm. He's played the most amount of games, but he, he doesn't set the world on fire. He's, he's just, um, he, he he's almost like, uh, he plays in, on the uh, Dallas, the little, or he, he, no, he was in Dallas and then he signed with Minnesota, he played with the Rangers too. Oh, group, I know you're right? talking what about his I can't think of his Zuccarello. Name right Zuccarello. He's almost like a, a Zuccarello. Zuccarello has a lot more talent right yes. now than he does. But um, he's that stature style of guy. Um, he's not going to win them any games or anything like that. And that's just the weird thing is everybody that they've brought up, they haven't really brought anybody up that has taken that opportunity and just run with it. And they've, they've kept them at the NHL level. Like, when a guy comes up, he does what he needs to do. When who he replaced uh, is injured and gets better, he comes back in, takes a spot, and and they send that guy back down. Mm -hmm. So it's odd. It's odd because it's not – like I said, they haven't been, like, uh, setting the world on fire. They're just holding their own. Martin Cow is another guy who who, um, Avalanche fans have been waiting for him to really kind of take off. He's been down – in their AHL affiliate for years. He finally came up towards the end of the season and was starting to play really, really well Mm -hmm. finally. So he's a guy. um, And even this is not an AHL player, but a guy that I'm really interested to see is, is someone who they traded for at the trade deadline. They traded for um, Vlad uh, Nemetsnikov. Yes. And he only got a couple of games in before the season was halted, was, was playing very well. Um, I'm really interested to see what he does because that's, you know, a guy that you plucked from a bottom feeding team and now you put him on, you know, the, the, one of the top tier teams in the conference that changes guys. Right. Um, so he didn't have that opportunity to really kind of like gel with this team and show what he can do for this team. I think he is just chomping at the bent to get on the ice. Uh, And and really start playing with the team that traded for him. Yeah, you definitely got a good player in Vlad. He actually started his career in
1: Tampa, so we're right. Yeah, I'm very familiar with him. Um, He was in one of the many uh, Ranger Lightning trades that. Have been going on over uh, okay. the last couple. Oh of yeah, yeah, like a
0: St. Louis deal or something. I believe,
1: no? I believe he was in the McDonough trade. I could be wrong. Uh, okay, um, all right. And uh, yeah, I mean that's the good thing about this with the expanded rosters that you're going to be seeing possibly some guys that you wouldn't necessarily see under maybe normal playoff circumstances, but with yeah. you know obviously with the the ever the the looming possibility of injury as well as players possibly, you know, getting covid. Um, you know, it's it's good. I, I for me personally, Alex Bear Boulet is probably like my number one guy. I would love to see granted the only way Boulay is getting ice time is if someone gets hurt. So, you know, that's kind of like the, the double-edged sword that you're getting. Um, Boulet mm-hmm. became the number one prospect in the Lightning's system after Nolan Foot was dealt in the Blake Coleman trade. Okay. So, you know, he's one of those guys that he, he has a ton of talent, but just like your guy, um, that you guys got, he's small. Um, yeah. he's, you know, he doesn't have the best shot that you're going to see out of a pro your number one prospect, Right, but he's definitely going to be a guy. If he gets the opportunity, he could definitely, if anything, develop his skills and possibly, um, you know, play for. A spot on next year's team or at least, you know, put himself on the map to the coaches and do a lot of good things behind the scenes. Yeah. Um another guy that the Lightning have on their their roster pool is uh Jamel Smith. I don't know if you remember him. He played with the stars for for a little bit. Um mm-hmm. and then he no, and then I he don't, can't remember. And then I believe uh Lightning signed him. He, he has a he has a bunch of NHL games underneath his uh his belt. He's he's like a 25 goal AHL you know, player where he's he's just there to get called up just in case something happens um, to someone up in the front, up okay. in the, the NHL. But uh, Al- Alexander Volkov is another guy that's super excited to see him play. But like I said, I mean, the only times we're going to see these guys play, I don't know about the Avalanche, but just from the Lightning perspective, we're only going to see these guys maybe in the exhibition game, possibly maybe if they decide to rest some players like we spoke about with the the, the possibility of load management if they decide maybe to sit some of the starters for the last yeah, uh, right. exhibition game. I mean the yeah. last round robin game, maybe we could see some of these guys play. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like with the resting players thing, I would want them to play Vasilevsky all three games, or if anything, do the NFL method of quarterbacks have him play, you know, a period and a half and then throw in Kurt any afterwards. Um, so maybe that's kind of like a way they're probably the avalanche could decide who they're going to be playing in that. Maybe they'll just give these guys equal chances to do what they need to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it's just like I said on my episode, the uh, last couple of episodes, it's going to be super weird, super exciting. You know, it's our job to really sound like we know what's going to happen, but with everything going on, everything. No <laughs> yeah. I think you said it best on the round table. It's just going to be, a complete crapshoot. Right. um, But yeah, I, at least, you know, in the meantime, what we do know is, you know, you, you, some of your players are going to be going home, possibly with some hardware. Some of my guys might be capturing some hardware. Um, Let's talk about the call, the Calder real quick Mm -hmm. uh, with your boy. The Calder. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Now I, before we start recording, I was telling you how like, I saw him play, Uh, a couple of times this year and just how impressive he was you know it's one thing to see highlights of this guy um, online and read about him online but to watch a full game and how you know he was going out there playing like he's been in the league for three four years already right yeah Um, there was so much hype going into the season where sometimes maybe they under their they're oversold and you know I think he was possibly undersold what do you think
0: about You know Cal McCarr, his projected as to how he actually played. Uh, He just to look at him, he's so like unassuming. He's so like he just has that like you know baby face features, and you are like, he looks gonna blow over this guy. Like who's this guy that's gonna get in my way? Yeah, he looks like he's like fresh out of high school. He does, yeah, yeah. and um, he's only twenty one, and so he doesn't even have like his full like hockey body yet yeah um that's a scary thing is that these guys are so young and they're
1: already performing at the level they're performing and yet they're technically still
0: really growing yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um and for him it's it's just really really scary to to kind of predict what this guy is going to be in you know five years um yeah when when you when you There's there's certain guys that kind of just like jump off the screen, like, you know, McDavid and McKinnon and guys like that. Um, And Kale McCart kind of does it in another way. He just is so like slick on it. Like, you know, McKinnon just shoots out of a barrel. And McCart is just – he he is fast. I mean, he's not McKinnon fast. He is fast. Fast for a defenseman. For a defenseman. um, And you don't necessarily – kind of like see that in his game and and before you you know it you're like oh my god he got into the offensive zone like yeah that was actually pretty quick
1: yeah
0: um and his edge work on his uh skates is just like nothing i've ever seen but he doesn't have ankles dude i don't know how (laughs) he stands up straight um and he he can take shots from angles that i've never seen before um, he is just facing in one direction and he will just rip it to the far side of the net. And you're like, how did you even learn to practice that? Yeah. Uh, it's almost like, you know, like, like uh, ski jumpers. Yeah. You know, it's like, at what point in life did you say, I'm going to try this?
1: So once again, a huge thank you to Chris Massilli of Locked On Avalanche. I hope you all enjoyed that part two of our, I don't even know how many parts we're going to split this up into just yet but yeah we have tons tons of lot of time left in this interview or i guess crossover it's not really so much an interview it's definitely a crossover um so yeah this will probably extend until the end of the week um so i hopefully yeah you're enjoying it as much as we did uh we had a great time doing it of course so that's been it for today's episode of Locked On lightning part of the lockdown podcast network i'm your host adam danker i'll talk to you on the next one